Well, good morning. This is Scott McMeans with Action Coach SBL. I'm here on the Business Spotlight with Joe Stanizic from VO MedSpa. And we're going to spend a couple minutes learning about Joe, his business, and what makes him successful. So Joe, if you wouldn't mind, kick us off with a little information about you and how you started uh, VO MedSpa. Yeah, so um, let's we can start back uh, from my first business, if you will. Um, my first business was uh, in Toledo, Ohio. I got transferred there after college, working for Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And uh, shortly after uh, starting there, I decided to want to go off on my own and be my own boss, right? So I started a dry cleaner. Well, the dry cleaning business um, wasn't the it wasn't expect exactly what I expected it to be. Um, <laughs> A lot of hard work. I remember going into work 4 a.m. every day, turning on those boilers. Uh, There's one time in the winter, I remember, when I didn't have uh, the low-pressure valve on. I didn't have a low-pressure valve. I didn't know what one was. And uh, walking in there, and it literally exploded everywhere. So water was everywhere. It was freezing. It was, it was a disaster. Uh, so quickly decided that I needed to get out of that business. So I found some operators to run it for me. Uh, I had I knew that I wanted to get into a different business, and it was tanning. I knew it was a very lucrative business, and that I could uh, scale it pretty quick. Uh, I knew it was, it was good at sales, so uh, and I knew people in Cleveland that owned tanning salons were very successful. Well, they had told me that you know, hey Joe, um, if you come to Cleveland, um, well, or if you if you open a tanning salon, we'll help you. Uh, just open don't open in our backyard. I said, okay, no problem. So I opened it the furthest possible place that I could. I opened it and they're like, well, you're going to be essentially competing with us. So you're on your own. So I said, what the hell? So I, I figured it out. I am, when I first opened my first tanning salon in Willoughby, Ohio, I signed up 300 memberships within 30 days, which is in the tanning industry. That's pretty good. And from there, I scaled up to three locations <clears throat> All very successful. And then in 2013, I had one of my customers come to me and ask me if I wanted to open a laser spa. Open the, so she came to me within three days of her coming to me. I had already started construction and um, in the back of my tanning salon. And um, at night we were doing construction and uh, I had bought the machines, everything else. We had opened three weeks from her coming uh, to the location. So that was kind of it. We, we fast-tracked that process really quick. It didn't go, the sales didn't come in as planned right away. And there's another backstory to that, but we won't get into that. And long story short, we ended up scaling to be one of the top Botox providers in Cleveland with, in the back of my tanning salon within five to six months. Uh, fast forward uh, to uh, 2018, I believe it was. I... Um, I met some some guys that uh, do franchise development. We met and they. I told them the numbers we were doing. They could not believe the numbers we were doing. So they came to my, my uh, spa, looked at our numbers, and they decided from that point that they wanted to franchise my company. So we did that. Um, we went through the process. At that time, I was called Skin Deep Magatanic. And uh, they're like, Joe, this is actually kind of a funny story. Nobody knows this really. <laughs> so, uh, so they're like, Joe, uh, you, you can't keep the name Skin Deep Megatan or Skin Deep Medi Spa because there's too many and we have to own the trademark to it. So I said, all right, 
All right, well, let, well, for your new name. So me and my brother, uh, who's my co-founder, and two other guys, we sat in the back of my uh, med spa and tried to come up with a name every Friday for about two hours for about four and a half months. Well, we couldn't think of any names, and we came down to three names. I hated them all, and I was at uh, Town Hall in Cleveland, and I was drinking bone broth. And so they, they said, Joe, you got to let us know in uh, by Next week, what you want the name to be? I was like, God, I said, hate these names. I hate these names. So <laughs> I met Town Hall drinking bone broth, like I said, and the lid said Viora, V-I-O-U-R-A. So I'm like, V-O, V-O, V-O Med Spa. And I'm like, so I text the guys, my like, guys, what do you think about V-O Med Spa? They're like, what? Yeah, I love it. What does it mean? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what it means. It doesn't mean anything. I just, what do you like? Do you like it or no? So Best story like, for a name ever. That They're like, yeah, I love it. And, you know, it's kind of synonymous because, you know, Bone Broth is known for having collagen and everything else in there and all these healthy entities and stuff. So um, we went with it. Vio Med Spa, V-I-O, and then everybody started calling it Vio. We're like, damn it, it's not Vio. It's Vio. So... We changed the, the we had to change the logo a couple of different times. So we went from having the um it went it was VIO with the slash underneath it, a little tilde underneath it, and then we uh, changed it to V slash O, so people are saying it properly, V O Med Spa. So that's that story. Um, fast forward, uh, we brought on an investor. Um, he was the co-founder of Orange Theory. That allowed us to accelerate growth a little bit, but then COVID hit. And he had to focus more on Orange Theory again. So we pivoted. We bought him out of the company. And from that point, we COVID came back. I mean, during COVID, I was getting five messages, five to six messages a day. Joe, can can you have your nurse inject me? I won't say anything. I'm like, no, I'm not risking my business just to inject you. It's not happening. So we bounced back from COVID. Our numbers have increased 40% year after year after year. We, since starting, um, well, since getting back from COVID, we, we have, right now, we have 20, I believe, 28 locations open. Uh, we'll have 50 open uh, by the end of the year. And then we have uh, just about 250 locations sold nationally. Um, and that's through um, um, develop, area development contracts and things like that. And what that means, area, um, area representatives, that means that they buy a territory and they have to develop it within a certain amount of time. So by 2025, we should have roughly the 200 locations open. Or no, I'd say about 25, 26, we should have 200 locations open roughly. And what's the geographic uh, territories across the country uh, or just Midwest? Country. The only states we won't go into is like California. California is just too saturated. The laws there are too difficult. It's just not worth our time. Okay. So thank we're, you for we're that. Sold, we're sold in 19 states right now. Okay. Amazing. Thank you for the, the background and the story. Like yeah, the totally. best story I've heard about as far as how you name the company. <laughs> yeah. What I, what I want to do is ask you a couple questions about your business. Um, you've kind of touched on a number of different things. You've grown really well. What do you attribute your success and growth to? What are the things that make that happen for you? You know, my my parents, um, you know, with all me, my brother, and my sister, I have a uh, younger brother, 
Uh, he's one of my partners. Um, love him to death. He's uh, Nick's. Nick's more the uh, the uh, risk adverse person, uh, and I'm the risk. <laughs> so Nick takes everything, refines it, makes it better. Uh, then I have my twin sister. Love her to death. She's a teacher. Um, you know, my parents have always, you know, she's, she's a special ed teacher. She's always gone above and beyond. She started a nonprofit for her students at Shaw. She's great. She's absolutely amazing. But my parents have always taught us to go above and beyond, right? And we, we started working at, yeah, I think it was like 14 years old. My first job was in produce at uh, Greeny Rigo's in Strongsville. And uh, always taught us to work hard. And I've always wanted more and more and more. We grew up, you know, middle class and um, just always taught to work hard. So I just, you know, I've always been more of an innovator, right? I just, that's my mindset. I, I'm great at starting things. May, I, I, I'll be the first one to admit, I'm not the best at running things. Um, I just, you know, I, I, it's not that I get bored, but it's just, I get excited about something else and I just want to start something else, right? So yeah. my strength is I can get something going and then I have no problem handing it off to somebody else. And I think that's where a lot of business um, business people fail, if you will, business owners, because they're too, they're too uh, not only say cocky, but they're too confident and they think they could just do all the steps. Now, I know a lot of people who start their business and continue to run them. There's, you know, I could speak to a lot of them, uh, you know, in Cleveland that run their business from ground up and they're doing a fantastic job, fantastic job. Um, I mean, but for me, my, my thing is, is I think that it, there's other people that are better at running your business, right? So I've yeah. always, um, when we started the franchise, I'm like, look, guys, you guys are better at running this than I am. I'm, I'll just sit back. I'll do the innovation. I'll, I'll come up with new things that we're going to offer, new product things, new, uh, like right now I'm working on wellness. And that was my big bring into the company and really like kick off. And because I knew there was, I knew that's where things were heading. I saw where that it was where Botox was in 2013 and there was a huge market for that. So that's what my thing is. I, I don't need to be in the day-to-day -day of everything. I just, I'm more of like the innovator side. So I'm okay with that though. My brother is more of the, the, you know, white collar and just needs to be in that kind of stuff. And <laughs> I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm a, you know, I'm all over the place. I like to the, the map. The thing you said that resonated well is I'm an innovator. That's fine. But I have people that do the jobs I don't I don't want to or nor am I good at doing. And that's that's right. a solid way to run your business. Um, being where you are now, how do you explain the work-life balance for you? How does that come across? Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not the type of person that can just um, I just um, I, I just can't sit still. You know, I have mm -hmm. uh, laser spa, which so when when we right now for example i'm running my my laser spot and um it's when we separated my company we decided that we weren't going to keep laser hair removal or tattoo removal so i have i'm a very loyal person like loyal loyalty is one of the biggest things for me and you never um you never do wrong to those who help you get to where you got right that's just my mind my Good point man, will my mindset well I could not, those, the girls that, um, my employees, you know, the, well, I, I treat everything like family, right? I, I, my, my employees can come to me, whatever they need. And, and they do, you know, like, Joe, I need to talk to you about this. Can you do this? And, and I'll talk to them. Then I'll talk to my CEO, 
like, hey, Ryan, we got to work on this because this is the issue. And I want that to, to, to feel comfortable to come to me with anything that they have problems with, you know, and because I want it to be like a friend, like a family. Well, that being said, I spend my time at my laser spot and uh, I separated that out of my uh, my mm -hmm. meds. Going to we weren't going to franchise with the laser hair removal or the tattoo removal because the um, the the product offering there's too many laser hair spots for one and tattoo removal the machines cost too much and there's that many people that need tattoo removal so we cut that out of the business so I started a separate business and I had all my employees that weren't going to work at the med spa work at this these girls need that second job and I I, I couldn't deprive them of you know, cutting a, another income out of the, uh, their lives and things like sure. that. So, you know, I may not make the most here and that's fine. Um, as long as I, you know, supply them with the job, that's the most important thing. So that's a great that's my day now. perspective. I advertise for the company. I'm always, you know, talking to franchisees. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very involved in our, with the, uh, I, you know, I'm always pushing wellness all all I people message me nonstop. You know, I want to get into this. Can I, I direct everyone in our company who to talk to and things like that. So I'm very much involved with the advertising, the marketing, day to day. I'm always doing something. I can't sit still. I cannot. <laughs> could I sit at home and just do whatever and work from home? Yeah, but I hate it. I can't stand it. I have to be around people. I joke around in my office. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm a big Trump fan. And that may affect some people, but I, you know, I do it these times I make these videos and I get my employees involved. Everybody laugh, you know, I try to keep it fun. I try to keep the work environment fun. I don't, I don't want it to be a very, um, uh, too structured. I like the people have fun at work where it's not a job. It's more, you know, they come to work and they enjoy work. So that's always been my, my thing. And, you know, it, could it be more structured? Yeah, but I don't need it to be, so. Well, there's an interesting line between structure and culture, right? right. They both Cultures, do the, they, Culture to me is very important. And anybody and that knows, Cleveland knows that, you know, I'm a fun-loving guy. And, you know, I bring that all the way down to the workplace. I, culture is so important. It's so important. Yeah. It's interesting. There's a vision, there's a mission, and then there's the culture that you bring all of it together. And if you have the right people in the right seats on the bus, you go the right direction. And it's all founded on what is your vision, your mission, and what's that culture you create. Structure comes after you get the right people on board, right? So what I'm interested to figure out from you, what learnings have you found over the last so many years of your expansion and your growth that really could be breadcrumbs for the next guy, right? What is it that you've learned over the years that separates like your mind of this is what works, this is what doesn't or whatever. What are the, what are the top things that come to mind? Uh, don't make excuses. I mean, I see a lot of people making excuses left and right. I can't do this because of this. I can't do this because of that. Don't make excuses. You know, a lot of people are afraid to take risks too. You, you know, you're never going to get anywhere in life if you don't take a risk. And I, I've taken a lot of risks. Some don't pan out, some do. But for the most part, I would never be where I am today if I didn't take a risk. You know what I mean? And oh, I, I think so many people are so worried about, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? Who cares? 
if you're if you're good at what you do and you're a hard worker, you'll just find something else to do. You know what I mean? That I have if I lose everything today, I have no problem that I could start another business and be successful at it because I have the drive. I'm not lazy. And that's I mean, really, that's what it comes down to is you just cannot be lazy. You can't be afraid to take risks and also do your due diligence on people. People, there's a lot of shady people that are trying to, you know, benefit off of you and take advantage of you. You know, that's, that's a big thing. I've had a lot of people in the past do that. It's yeah, sad, so, but I was, oh, unfortunately, what, what would you suggest are some of the top things that you look for in your employees? We kind of talked about the culture side. Is there something that you know, if you were to say, here are the top five things I need out of my employees, what would those be? The first thing, the first thing is first is if someone comes to you and says, well, how much time am I going to have to work or um, how much vacation do I need? They're not the employee you want, you know, mm -hmm. and if they say that they, if they don't say that in the beginning and then all of a sudden they start doing it right away you know, cut your losses, whatever the cost is, cut it now, because if you don't, it's going to end up costing you more money and it's going to cause you more agony and everything else. And it's just not worth that. I get that. I get that a lot. Um, kind of following that, that train of thought, Joe, what are some of the misconceptions that people might have about being a business owner? Right? Get rich quick. <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> People think that you start a business and that tomorrow you're going to be rich. Oh, no. You're, when you start a business, prepare for some ups and downs. Prepare for some, you know, some things that are going to draw you through the dirt. You know, I, since ha I have epilepsy and um, I can't tell you the amount of stress being a business owner has had on me. I mean, I've had shingles. It's <laughs> I've been put through the ringer and uh, it's going to take some years off your life. But just don't stop working hard. Don't, I mean, don't give up. I mean, that's the biggest thing I tell people. You can't give up. You, you, you have to be expecting that those things are going to happen because people just think that you can open a business and they, everyone thinks it's easy. Everyone thinks it's mm -hmm. so easy and it's not. You know, people think, think things were given to me. I, you know, people think this, you know, you're from Strongsville. You, you were given everything. Oh, no. <laughs> if you knew what I had to do to get my first business going, I you can't do this today with lending. I had a I had to yeah. tell one one thing, another bank, another thing, just to get loans in order to get things going. Yeah, that's what you had to do. But you can't yeah. do that, which is you know, and there was nothing that was illegal or wrong. It's just it's the way that you had to. Um, I was leveraged. I mean, I was leveraged, but yeah. it paid. So, well. I'm gonna kind of parlay this into the next question. What's that? You gotta be creative. Okay. I'm gonna parlay that into the next question, right? What advice would you give a new business owner on financially managing the business? Not the operations, not sales, but financially, how do you best operate a business? What advice would you give to somebody? Best advice for operating a business? Uh, I mean, other than prepared to work, you know, 80 hours plus it's, I mean, that's a yeah. given, you know, if you're, if you're going into a business and you're expecting to work 40 hours and you're expecting to get a paycheck, forget it. 
because I'm the last one to get paid when I first started my businesses. I mean, I didn't pay myself when I opened my dry cleaner for five years. I did not pay myself one time. I mean, it, it is what it is. And you, when you have everything on the line, you can lose everything. It's do you pay yourself? Do you pay your employees to keep your business going? Or, or do you file bankruptcy? I'm too proud to file bankruptcy. I would never do that. So I yeah. never paid myself, you know, and you had to be prepared to do that. It's a tough uh, situation to be in, right? And you, yeah. you, you've clearly gotten through it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the 18-year-old Joe. You are now sitting with 18-year-old Joe right next to you. What are you going to turn and say to him as far as this is the advice you need for the next so many years? What advice do you give 18-year-old Joe? Uh, be more – so this is a difficult question. So when I – every time I open a business, I learn something new, right? So my first business was the dry cleaning, right? I learned that um, I it was a very labor-intensive business, and I, I relied on my employees. And I there was times where I had to pick up my employees just to work, and that was not the easiest thing. My second job was um, tanning. And what happened with tanning is, you know, it was just – I, I was ruled by the seasons, right? So it was it was a very seasonal thing, and you had a budget throughout the year that became very difficult. My next business was uh, the med spas, and that was my most successful. What I learned was is that you want to create a business where you have business professionals working, not so much. I I just I just would you you need business professionals working, people that you know are going to show up to work every day, and and that you don't have to count on not showing up. You know what I mean? So create a business that you know that people are going to show up to work at and you, that's not seasonal. That's not, that it's, that's uh, recession proof. And, you know, you're, you're not going to be controlled by, um, by your employees. I mean, really, cause that's, that's what, I, those are a lot of issues I, for you based on my first and second business. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, you have to be able to be to be uh, be able to move quick on your feet because I when I in my uh, in my um, med spa business I've had I think four of my employees leave and start their own med spots so I had a like you know they leave take take customers I started over again I, you just can't give up you know just wow. I, but that's a hard question to say what would I tell my eighteen year old self Joe you know because. I really can't answer that because everyone's going to say, well, do this, do this, do this. You need those experiences. And it's almost like a um, in the moment type thing that you have to make those moves on. And your past experiences, that's when those help. You know what I mean? Who to trust. Sure. And I, I've learned don't do business with people unless you do. That's the biggest thing I guess I would learn is, or, or that I, I would take for myself is, Make sure you do your research on people and make sure you trust who you're doing business with because a lot of people are just in it for themselves and they'll they'll string you dry until they get everything out of you that you that they need and then take advantage of you and then go and do their own thing because that's happened to me so much. And I my mom has always taught me, well, my both my parents, you know, 
I, I don't hold grudges, you know, for, you know, it, it, you, gotta, you gotta let things go. You can't hold on things forever because it's going to eat you alive. If I held on to every little thing that, you know, when people left and, you know, started their own businesses, I would be nowhere because I'd be busy, busy grieving. You know, you can't yeah. let that, you just got to keep moving. I, it, yeah, there's there's a good a philosophy. Question. Honestly. I, well, there's a good philosophy out there that says the world is a place of abundance. And when you think about life in, in scarcity, you miss out on the opportunity, right? Yeah. So when you have a mindset of, yeah, I'm disappointed, but there's enough room for a lot of people. I've got my space. I'm just better than you. So I'll get it anyway. That's a good, that's a right. good position to be in, right? We've, we've right. covered a lot of stuff here, Joe. Um, I just want to make sure that you're good. Um, last oh, question. Yeah, goes last question. I know. Engines, so just avoid that. But yeah, no, we're good. Good. Now, the last question I want to frame out is what is the most influential thing that's happened in your life that brought you to the success you see now? Um, most influential? Uh, you know, I don't know. I can't like put it on one thing, but you know, I I like sports, you know, but I'm not, it was never been my like, you know, I don't like go right to the uh, the TV to watch sports. I've always been, in, in, you know, mesmerized by business, money, you know, things, things. I know that's not, I've always wanted more, you know, ever since I was a kid, little kid, you know, you know, and, and I remember when I was like, I think my mom always tells the story. I think when I was like, five or six, I asked for a briefcase for Christmas. I mean, most kids are asking for like Legos and stuff. I asked for a briefcase, <laughs> you know? And then I, she wanted a, uh, there was a movie uh, and I remember just seeing like the preview and I don't, I forgot what it was, but it was, uh, was that movie Wall Street where, uh, yep. what's his blue shirt with the white collar? I, I, I don't want to I, that's, I mean, I just wanted to be, a, I wanted to work on like Wall Street or something like that. I interned at Merrill Lynch as, um, as an intern years ago, realized it wasn't for me, but um, when it came to Monopoly, I was always the one that, oh, I, that oh, was my, I've always wanted to do that. But, you know, there was, I guess you could say, you know, my, my like I said, my parents have always driven us to always, uh, my mom always wanted to be, me be in business and things like that. But there's a family here in Strongsville. Um, they're, you know, very successful. They owned a, a big craft company, a pack of tans. And I've always looked at that, looked at them as a, they're great, such a great family and great friends of the family. And Mike Catan has been pretty influential as far as, um, I remember one time going over his house, like Joe, so I remember help hit, I went to his house and, uh, for um to talk about business to, or where i wanted to work or something like that i remember me and one of my other friends went there and, um with nick Catan and and mike was uh, mr Catan was he asked me he's like joe what do you want to make in your first job and i was like you know at this time i'm like okay i don't want to say something and sound ridiculous like this is a, this very successful businessman i'm like i don't know what do i say like yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 18 year old i'm 22 years old you know and uh and um, I think I said like forty or fifty thousand. He's like, that's not enough. I'm like, shit. So uh, I was like, I don't know, hundred thousand. He's like, that's more like it. So you know, I, he's always been you know this guy that's I've always looked up to as far as business. He ran a great business in, in Strongsville, and 
um, achieved a lot of great things, you know, for the family and stuff like that. And I've, I've always seen their success. It's always driven me to always want to be like that. And um, ever since I remember, you know, in second grade, I would always remember seeing Packets Hands. And they, they, I, it's just always been a big driver of mine. I'm like, I want to build a big business like that. I want to have my business everywhere, all over the place. And that's always been, you know, a goal of mine. And, you know, here we are today and uh, Nick and I, you know, we've always talked about, you know, businesses, expanding my business all over the place and uh, our business. And, and here we are today, we're living our dream and, you know, we have locations all over the country and it's just getting bigger and bigger. So it's absolutely fantastic story. I appreciate yeah, you taking it, the time to go through this, man. This has been it, great. It, it's, it's such a good feeling too, you know, the first we we have this show called Am Spot and it's a it's called the um it's for all med spots you know and that remember the first time I went there and we were nobody we were just you know one location that's it and year after year I'm like you know one of these days everyone's gonna know who we are here everyone is gonna know who we are and now when we go there everyone knows who we are when we go there okay. it's you know and I. You know, it's kind of like a pat on my back. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. we did it. Did it. We went there this past year, and I think we had like 40 of my uh, team members there with uh, between franchisees and uh, corporate team and things like that. So we made a big impact. And it's nice now we're getting notoriety from all over the place. We recently spoke at, not me, but my CEO and my head of franchise development, we spoke at a, uh, a big investment firm a conference in uh, New York recently where we had, I believe it was 1,200 private equity firms uh, that in attendance at the Hulahan Loki conference, uh, where from that we had, I believe, 46 uh, private equity firms that wanted to talk with us. So it's, it's surreal. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, uh, wow, we got here. We did it. You yeah. know what I mean? I remember- this is also something that like really stuck with me. There was a there was a guy that um, we brought on as investors in two thousand. It was right before COVID, and I it was along with the Orange Theory guy. And I'll be blunt, I did not get along with these guys at all. You know, they were hard nosed New York guys, and you know, tried running me out of my own company. I mean, there was a time they they locked me out of my own company. That, I mean, honestly, like they got their attorneys and whatever else. COVID is what saved me. You know what I mean? Um, and then I remember on a call, we had a call and they're like, we just don't know the future of the business. And I'm like, well, you guys are nuts. You guys are nuts. Uh, we'll get you guys out of the company. That's no problem. And yeah. they're like, well, we're not going to go anywhere. And, you know, I can't wait for, you know, we, we put them on all those mailing lists. I'll tell you that much. Every time we saw a big uh, territory, we put them on that mailing list every single time. And I want to make them sure know. that they made the biggest mistake of their life. Yeah. So let them know. Let them know. Hey, Joe, we are running up against the end of the boundary here. So I'm going to say thank you.